My name is Angela. My name is Nicole. And welcome to the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Hello, Stitchers! Hello! Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Ominous Stitch Podcast. That's us. Yay! We are coming to you back in the Ominous Stitch headquarters. And our, and our back, to, back to reality. Back, back to, to life. Back to reality. Boom. Not a Disney anymore. The magical place. Oh my gosh. Where everything makes you happy and tired. <laughs> happy and tired. Exhausted. And you take naps on the train. <laughs> I like nap time. <laughs> nap time's the best. Oh, yeah. There. Okay. So when we got back from Disneyland last week, um, uh, my kids dogpiled me and your husband took the cutest photo <laughs> of your kids and your dog all, all in bed and all asleep. And they're just all over her. It's so cute. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. Mom's back. <laughs> Mom's back. We needed mom. Yeah, there's nothing like having mom back at home. Seriously. And but so, see, that's good that you need that time away. Yeah, so they appreciate, really appreciate you. you. Yeah. And I yeah. love that. So, so it was I, nice. It was perfect. Yay. But yeah, hey, what's got you in stitches, Angela? So what has me in stitches this week is I have a very stupid chicken. <laughs> you got one of those chickens? Well, we have dumb chickens. Chickens aren't that smart. They're very funny and they're very entertaining. But one of my chickens... Hop the fence to my neighbor's property. No. Yes. <laughs> and that neighbor has dogs that will hunt eat. and eat chickens. Yeah. And so I was out feeding the alpacas and I saw her pacing the back fence because it's a chain link fence. So uh -huh. I saw her pacing the back fence and I was like, oh my gosh, what a dumb chicken. How did you get over there? And then she's just like, just walking back and forth. Trying to figure to out how to get back. Yeah. So I called my neighbor and I was like, hi, one of my chickens got over into your yard. Is it okay? And she's like, yeah, come on over. So I hopped the fence. <laughs> Good job, Farmer Angel. It's yeah, it's an eight foot fence, but we they have, I guess this is something that's been done in the past. Well, I know it's been done in the past because um, there is a ladder on their side that's leaned up against the fence. And so I took a ladder from my side and leaned it up against the fence in the same spot. So I just had to climb over both ladders. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Convenient. Yeah. So I'm like, this must have been something that has been done many times before if this ladder, <laughs> if these it's two just ladders are you. just there. <laughs> So I hop the fence and then it's, it's a horse facility behind me. So they, you know, people board their horses there. Right. And so they have this big arena behind my fence. So it's really fun because there's always horses and people behind us. And then the alpacas love it because then they get to run the fence line with the horse, with Aww, the horses. And fun. so they have a lot of yeah. fun doing that. But anyway, so I jump over and then the dumb chicken gets in the horse arena and I'm chasing <laughs> her around. I'm like, I'm not a horse. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Obviously thinks you are though. Yeah. And she wouldn't let me catch her. And I'm just like, you're so dumb. Just let me catch you. <laughs> and then we could go back. And then finally I, I pinned her and then um, I picked her up and she was like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not gonna hurt you this is we're going home not gonna eat you yeah and I picked her up I put her back over the fence and then she immediately ran and took off with the rest of the chickens I'm like ah, you're so dumb why did you do that it reminds me of hey hey yeah exactly <laughs> that's how smart chickens are hey hey is not an exaggeration I love hey, hey. <laughs> 
Well, you know, it's funny oh. though, coming up to come to your house, uh-huh. I, your other neighbors have goats. Yes. And this one goat's staring me down. Oh yeah. The goat's staring you down. a piece of paper. Just like, <laughs> like looking at me. I'm like, dude, you know, you're not eating real food. The animals around here are fun. Oh yeah. It's fun. I love it. I love it. Farm life. Farm life. I love Yay. having animals as dumb as they are and as annoying <laughs> as it is to like get up early and have to brave the, the rain and the cold, cold and whatever. Or hot. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're lucky we're in Southern California exactly. where the weather stays pretty much the same all the time. It's, yeah. It, we don't get a lot of extreme weather. Exactly. And I think about people that have alpacas because I'm on a bunch of alpaca farm groups. Nice. And um, the people that have alpacas that are going through all the winter storms right now. Oh, my gosh. Like, the ice. Oh, it's got to The suck. cold. That looks yeah. terrible. Yeah. Oh. I think we're definitely lucky. Yeah. yeah. So I, I really don't have anything to complain about (laughs) (laughs) having to go out in 40 degree weather to take care of alpacas like negative 20 yes (laughs) oh my goodness speaking of it's funny i saw this tiktok video where this guy stationed his ramen outside on the east coast somewhere Uh stationed his ramen where and he held a fork that picked up the noodles Uh and just held it there and it like sat there for 10 minutes and then he removed all the stuff and the fork just stayed up with the noodles <laughs> hanging over the, the bowl uh-huh. and it looked like a piece of art and it was oh, just like so cool. frozen but that's how cold it is there. yeah and then so I know you don't have peacock but I, I don't. do and so I watched the Chiefs game oh and oh, oh we we oh, oh I'm sorry we did we downloaded it oh you we got to watch it, it just okay. because we need to watch the playoffs yes yes so we did watch it too it looked miserable it was miserable did you see all the images of the frozen beers? Yes. My favorite is the Chiefs coach's mustache. Yes. It was like a little icicles. Icicles everywhere. <laughs> and I was pointing it out way before the sportscasters started talking about it. I'm like, look yes. at his mustache. It's crazy. <laughs> what I heard also with the Buffalo game was that um, they didn't have assigned seats. Yeah. Like, it's you can, wherever you can find a place in your to section, sit. I yeah. think. Yeah. And I was like, because if I were there, I'd be like run into the front. But well, I think did it's you within your see? Sections. I mean, there were also a lot of TikToks of because they they brought in they told the fan base, like, if you come in and help clear yes. the stadium, if we'll you, feed you. That's right. You to, if you help. You know. Yeah. So I love that. And it was really fun. All, all the people coming in and doing all kinds of crazy stuff while they were clearing. Like yeah. they made a slide down the bleachers. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> to see that. Clear that's all the awesome. ice. <laughs> And then they showed, there was another one that I saw of uh, this family trying to get to their seats and they're waist deep in snow and they're just walking through this I waist deep snow. That. That's insane. Just like, oh my gosh. Oh, you people are crazy. Oh, I love it though. Yeah. For your football. You, uh, amazing. Nicole would be out there doing it I'm- with you. <laughs> If it was cheap or free, yeah. Yeah, I would be nice and cozy in my house watching it on TV. You get to see the game better. That's true. <laughs> There's lines on the field so you can tell. If, if they... They're telling you what's happening. Yeah. I yeah. agree. I agree. But it's fun. There's a, there's something about being amidst, you know, your fan base that is super fun. Yeah. It's a different it's a I different kind of experience. missed out on, on that kind of experience. Like, I went to, I obviously, I grew up in Texas, so high school football was a thing. It was and big, so yeah. I would go to the high school games, but. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was a high school girl at a football game. I wasn't watching football. I was talking to my friends yeah. the whole time. <laughs> and then I had a lot of friends that were in band, so we'd watch the halftime. <laughs> so that was the Good only time you. I looked at the field was to watch the band. I love that. <laughs> and that then, makes my heart happy. And then I go back and talk to my friends. Yeah. I'm trying to convince my daughter because she plays the clarinet. Yes. I'm like, you can get your PE credits by being in the marching band. Oh my gosh, do it. 
She yeah, should do it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to con- I'm trying it's to keep so her. It's so worth in it. I love she it. loves it, so I don't think it's going to be a hard sell. Good. But um, yeah, when I told her, I'm like, you can get PE credits by Dude, marching in the marching band. I'm like, you rigorous, can go, man. You can go be on par- in parades. Yes. And you can do. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. You're still getting your workout cool. while you're playing music. Exactly. And that's hard. So it's hard. You have to have a lot of rhythm and endurance and pay attention and to. Oh, I turn that would the choreography. Of the whole thing would get me while I'm trying to play an instrument yes. and like okay now I turn this that would be so hard I love it it's got to be an insane thing when you're first learning a routine like oh, <laughs> everyone's running into everybody do, that's why you have these crazy for, I guess for college because that's when I did it but you have crazy boot camps Oh, yeah. Just to prepare for all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was worth it, though. And I've told you, so I did go for, so my undergrad, when I went to college, we didn't have football. Pepperdine does not have a football right? team. And they did their first year and they went undefeated. And so they do have these sweatshirts from time to time. They're like Pepperdine undefeated in football (laughs) for one year (laughs) because they only played. They only had one year. Um, So we didn't have football, but I did go to USC. Yes, you did. Did you ever go to the games? No. What? (laughs) Because the student tickets were so expensive. I couldn't afford them. That's mean. Yeah. Well, because I wasn't a rich USC kid. It's a private school. Pretty Everybody much. knows, like, you know, I it was I was so on full scholarship at USC wow. and I was, you know, paying my way for grad school. So I was a poor, starving college and you're student. Like, I got no money for football. Yeah, I can't. It, you know, it was uh, 2000 when I was there for grad school. And I think the student tickets were like 90 bucks. And I was like, I can't pay Dang. $90 in 2000. That was a lot of money. Yes. So 2000 now is like nothing (laughs) 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 college what a racket yeah yeah so anyway so yeah yeah, I didn't go to any of the games that I was at USC which is crazy dang man but I heard the marching band every single day when I was in my vocal pedagogy class (laughs) we were right next to the practice field where the band practiced every day and so all we heard was for hours like I think it was a two-hour class. That would drive me insane. They played that the entire time. Why? I don't remember them playing. They probably played other things, <laughs> but, but all I remember that is in that one. Yes, and oh, I'm just like, I'm sorry. Oh, how this is not a hard song. I'm like, how no. how long do you need to practice it? But I mean, it is the the fight song, so they got to play. That would it a drive lot, me so. insane. <laughs> so UW is funny. They they would do that every time we play a team we would play a slightly different variation of their fight song, right? So for USC, oh, funny. Yes, and we have lyrics that are changed yeah. for everybody. This is the only song we know, <laughs> and we play it all the time. Yes. Yeah. So we would play that part. We would da 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 right? Then we change it down to a half step. Oh, how funny. And then we keep doing it to the point where we started doing our own like changes and to it becomes a mess. And so it was so much fun doing that. Sorry, USC. But no, I love it. Yeah. It's fun. I love it. That's awesome. We're silly band geeks. I so. love it. Yep. Yay. Anyway. Anyway. So wait, is that, I feel like, where are we now? Where are we now? In that our could stitches? be stitches. We took such a big tangent. I, I, my stitch, yeah, I love football. I, that was actually great. I love talking about football. So we're, I'm excited for playoffs. I'm excited to watch football. We did, like I said, we downloaded Peacock just so we can watch playoffs because 
Some of it, it's so mean. Some of it is on Peacock. Yes. Some of it's on Fubo, which I bought. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> I'm spending so much money on football, um, <laughs> but I love it. I love NFL football. We watched the college games. Sadly, the Huskies lost against Michigan. Womp, womp, womp. But, yeah. but you know, we made it. Yeah. I'm just proud of them for making the nationals. Yeah. So, that's hey, good. that's awesome. So, yeah, football is awesome when it's gone. You're sad. I'm a little sad about Sundays. What do I do on Sundays? It's more time with my family. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) But but then it comes back around in the fall, y'all. So um, I had to pull way off my mic on that. That was so funny. That was so funny. But who are you going for for the Super Bowl? Who do you think is going to make it? Oh, for the Super Bowl. Well, okay. So my Rams. Oh, I was rooting for the Browns because, like, Underdog that was awesome. Yeah. And and we were like, we wanted the Browns to win against the Texans. Yes. I know I'm from Texas. I was not a Texans fan. Never a Texans fan. You guys fan, have two, two teams in that state. You're good. I was more, uh, well, I mean, they were Oilers when I grew up. Right. And then they moved to Tennessee. And right. And the Titans there, right? Yeah. But, and then they brought in the Texans. Never a Cowboys fan. I always hated I'm so the Cowboys. Proud of you. Ugh. I've never loved you more. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> never a Cowboys fan. Always a Chiefs fan because my parents are from Kansas. Oh, okay. And so wait, but Kansas City is Missouri, isn't it? No, Kansas City, Kansas. They oh. they're from Kansas City, Kansas. My dad grew up. At, well, okay. he, my dad grew up all over Kansas, but um, Lawrence is where they they met in Lawrence, uh, Kansas, because that's where KU is. Okay, got yeah, it. yeah, and cool. so. Yeah, always, always a Chiefs fan. Fun. Yeah. So, okay. so Chiefs. You're going for the Chiefs? Going for the Chiefs now. Okay. It has nothing to do with Kelsey and <laughs> Swift. We were just talking about Swifty. Yeah. Um, I know Nicole comes in and she's singing Taylor Swift songs. I'm like, oh, they get, are you okay? They're like earworms. They get yeah. stuck in my head. She's okay. a good songwriter. She is. She is. And but she so, covers so many styles. She so does. You can always find a Swift song that you like. You like. Yeah. That's true. We played some of her earlier music. Um, just this past weekend, my husband likes to just play music videos. Uh huh. And so he clicked on, uh, I don't remember which one it was, but one of her earlier ones when she was doing pop country, when she was still a teenager, right? Nice. And he was like, kids, do you know who this is? And they're like, no. And, and he's like, you guys went to her concert in the theater. We did not go to her concert. Oh, uh, <laughs> I was like, we wow, went to it how in much the did you spend? Oh my gosh. <laughs> But we went to it in the theater and, and they're like, that's Taylor Swift. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like this is this is her OG old stuff. Taylor. Yeah, that's fun. And they're like, wow. And I'm like, guys, she played this in the concert. Yes, it was three hours long. So, of course, you're not going to remember this one <laughs> song. But yeah, that's awesome. It was fun. We digress. We digress. See, no, we we went off football. And I love we went it, into Taylor. Taylor. I because know. it's a, it's associated now. But OK, uh, yeah. so you go for Kansas <laughs> City. Yes. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. OK. Uh, I know it's never going to happen, uh-huh. but I, I, I'm so surprised that Green Bay made it. So I'm going for Green Bay. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's never going to happen, guys. Go I'm pack. sorry. <laughs> yeah. But just seeing the I play, like Green Bay. I yeah, like Green Bay. Yeah. With, with Jordan Love and all the rookies. I'm like, wow, good job, Green Bay. It's not going to happen. I have a feeling it's going to be Baltimore versus San Francisco. I don't know who's oh, going to win the Ravens that. are too good. Yeah. They're both amazing san francisco unfortunately i don't like them too much but their team is freaking good so i have a feeling they're gonna take it but go green bay (laughs) (laughs) i'm rooting for you yeah well i wanted the browns 
but you know yeah Joe Flacco you know I know but like that was we were watching that game before the Chiefs game Uh uh-huh and um my husband was trying to get the kids all hyped up for it. Aww. And he's like, you don't understand that quarterback is almost the same age as daddy. Yes. So if daddy was out there playing football. <laughs> I love that. And if they win, <laughs> Go then they're going to play his old team. <laughs> they play the Ravens. I oh, love that so much. So okay. Well, anyway. Well, yeah. we, we got to go on to our episode. <laughs> I love it. I know this is a long episode too, guys. Dang. So we really have to go. Okay. Okay. So are you ready to get stitching? Yes. Let's get stitching. Okay, stitch time is has nothing to do with your episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. My stitch time never has anything to do with your you know, episode because you always you hide it from That's me. That's <laughs> true. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, so m- my student assistants, I try to make their um, Chinese zodiac animal. Yes. Okay? This must, my next student assistant is a horse. And I was like, I don't want to go through that disaster again. Horses take forever, guys. <laughs> and Angela tricky. needs to help me with the legs. Because the pattern, remember, I was telling you oh, about yeah, this a while ago. yeah, it was driving ago. you crazy. Because they reversed. Yeah. So the legs looked all gimpy. I mean, it looked cute. But I was like, no, I don't want to do that again until I have Angela's help. Okay. okay. So I go, hey, what's your favorite animal? And she's like, I don't know. Baby ducks. So <laughs> you made her. <gasps> <laughs> So I totally made this baby duck pattern. This is so cute. It's tiny. I use smaller yarn. I use very tiny yarn. You guys, this is perfect. But like, look at his little eye. I know. (laughs) And his little, he's got a little attitude in his beak. I know. I didn't know. He's got a little Elvis curl going on. It's so so cute. I was like, how did they get their beak so perfect from this pattern? I was so confused. I did what I could. glued it. No, it's perfect. Are you kidding me? I did what I could. This is perfect. (laughs) I love this duck. This is so, it's so stinking cute, you guys. It's tiny. It's cute. It's like a perfect little cat toy. My yeah. cat would carry oh, it around. That's true. Good cat oh. toy. I should put catnip in it. Yes. Um, okay. So this comes from the website. You ready for this? Hookers don't bite. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good crochet pun. <laughs> I love it. I love this website. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Hookers don't bite. It's a free pattern for it's called uh, the other brother, Daryl, a duck, because uh. let me explain. <laughs> hi, my name is Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's hi, I'm Larry. This is my brother, Daryl and my other brother, Daryl. <laughs> yes. Well, I think they make a pattern of a bigger duck at some point. Oh, I see. And they're named Daryl. Yes. Okay. And so this is little brother, Daryl. This is the tinier version. And I picked it because one it looked easy too. It was like, oh, this is a 20 minute pattern. Uh huh. No. Liars. <laughs> I think it's 20 minutes if you know what you're doing. Like, if you know the pattern pretty well, like, oh, okay, got this. And you can do it. Yeah. I, I was First telling time it's an hour yes. pattern. And yes. Then, yeah. Yes. Okay. And I was like, Matt, how, or, yeah, how long did it take me to do this? He's like, uh, I was like, an hour, right? He's like, yeah, over an hour. Because <laughs> I do it in like little turns here now. Anyway. Yeah. So just an FYI, it is, it is pretty easy to follow, but it will take a little longer at first, especially the beak, man. Like, 
<laughs> he's got a little got- Elvis girl. <laughs> it's so cute. His Elvis. Elvis. <laughs> um, but it's pretty cute. I'll, I'll, put, I'll post pictures. I'm not going to explain anything because it's super simple. Single crochets. The only difference is you have a single crochet three together versus Ooh. two. Yeah. Just to get, to the, get tail. the tail. Right. Yeah. yeah. That okay. was it. Um, yeah. And then other than that, you kind of slip stitch the back so that you can get to the neck. It's all one piece. And then you, uh, crochet the head on top of it, but you stuff while you go. And then the beak and the eyes, you'd want to do that before you close everything off. So super easy, an hour at first, but it's very cute. It's my baby duck. A duck walked up to the lemonade stand and he said to the man running the stand, Hey, duck, 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 got any grapes? <laughs> No, I'll show you the video. It is a household favorite here. I'm big eyed. I have no idea. Oh, okay. I'll have to show it to your kids. Your kids okay. will freak out. They'll love it. Okay. And then you'll hear it all the time and you'll be like, I do not like you, Angela. Stop I love it. you. <laughs> but yeah, so baby duck. Baby duck. He's so cute. Yeah. And I'll probably make more. I was going to do a bunch of different colors because I thought it'd be fun. Yeah. Just to have, like a it's bunch so of them. so cute. So yeah. Coming look. soon on our Etsy store. Hey, baby, baby ducks. Yeah, you can make us a keychain actually too. You, we need to make little outfits for them. Oh my gosh. Yes, Dress up your baby ducks. Dress up your baby ducks. How cute. It'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm done with stitches. I know you've got super, super duper long episode. But I do. It's going to be fun, right? It's fun. And it's fun. We are spooky. going around the world. Yay. Yay. Okay. All right. Are we ready for story time? That's ready. It's story time. Yes. Are you ready for a trip around the world? Oh, yeah. So this is going to be a super fun episode because we're going around the world, which means there's going to be tons of things that I cannot pronounce. Okay. So we're going to suffer through them together <laughs> and we can vote on what on on what how we think the pronunciation is. You and, then, know. and then stitchers out there, you guys yeah. can correct us. Yeah. Let us know okay. how badly we mispronounce things. <laughs> so sorry in advance for that. Sorry. But before we begin, okay. I have a bit of trivia for you. Oh, gosh. Okay, good luck. Did you know okay. that the African bull elephant has a short-term, suffers from short-term memory loss? Gotcha, 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 gotcha. I forgot it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> my short-term memory is terrible. <laughs> I was going to do that to her last week at the Disney episode. So that's a joke that was told to us on the Jungle Cruise. And if any of you guys have been on the Jungle Cruise at Disneyland or Disney World, (laughs) they're famous for their really bad dad jokes. Corny, corny jokes. And that joke was directed towards us, and it was it went the entire time. He kept coming back to it because there were elephants everywhere, everywhere. on the cruise. And, and so right every time there was an elephant, him. he would ask us <laughs> <laughs> if we knew that. And um, so anyway. He'd look at you and go, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> ma'am. Did you know? <laughs> Did you know that African bull elephants suffer from short-term memory loss? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I wish know. I had their memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to remember that one you're amazing the whole time good so job. i saved it for you you're so <laughs> I awesome you. i totally forgot about that good job that was amazing <laughs> okay. i was like this doesn't have to anything to do with it castles. has nothing to do with castles <laughs> everything to do with me pulling the long joke yeah <laughs> okay now i promise we're gonna go into castles okay 
So castles are spooky. Man, so spooky. They're just they're just spooky. I love so it. So most old. castle well, most castles are old. We're gonna talk about some that aren't so old Ooh, today. Yeah. Okay. So most castles are very old. Mm-hmm. They were built to protect the land. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have seen many battles. Right. Right. And they've played very critical parts in a lot of these battles, right? And they have very gruesome pasts. Yeah. I literally could spend the entire year talking about all of the haunted <laughs> happenings and ominous pasts of castles Ooh. around the world. But today I'm going to focus on a select few. Yay! So enjoy this creepy trip around the world as Yay. we explore some of the world's most haunted castles. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. This is going to mess with your ADD a little bit because we are going to tic-tac around the world. Tic-tac. I didn't create a nice, lovely path. <laughs> My little OCD. So we're going to be jumping all over care. the place. Okay. That'll be fun. So okay. let's, our first castle is Huska Castle in Prague, Ooh, Czech Republic. Okay. Huska Castle. Huska. Look at it. It's so spooky. It's like perched on top of a I cliff I love that in the almost forest. all castles have nothing near them. Right. Like they're always remote in a big forest. I love yes, it. Yes. It's so pretty. So okay. Huska Castle is an early Gothic castle in the municipality of Blakte, Blakse in the Librec region <laughs> of the Czech Republic. You did good. Thank you. It lies about 47 kilometers or 29 miles north of Prague. Mm. It is one of the best preserved castles of the period. Some notable features of the castle include a predominantly Gothic chapel, mm. green chamber with late Gothic paintings, and a knight's drawing room. Ooh. A knight's drawing yes. room. Yes. Huska Castle was built in the second half of the 13th century, Long time ago. So 1200s. Wow. Do the math. <laughs> 1250 and beyond. Because that's the second up. half of the 13th century. <laughs> Probably on the orders of Bohemian ruler Otto Carr II of Bohemia during his reign of 1235 to 1278 to serve as an administration center for which the extensive royal estates could be managed. Later on, it passed to the hands of the aristocracy, frequently passing from the ownership of one to another. The castle was built in an area of forests, swamps, and mountains with no external fortifications. No source of water except for a cistern to collect rainwater. Oh my gosh. No kitchen. What? No kitchen. Why? Who are you going to eat? Far away from any trade routes. They're, you know, 30 miles away from Prague up in the city. They have no kitchen. How are, I don't know. You're just <laughs> like know. going outside, be like, here, you got some berries. No kitchen. And they're far away from any trade routes, which makes no sense. Nope. And with no occupants at its time of completion. What? So they built the castle and nobody lived there. Because it was ludicrous. Because there was no kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of need food, people. From 1584 to 1590, it underwent Renaissance-style modifications, losing none of its fortress features as it looks down from a steep, rocky cliff. In the 18th century, it stopped serving as a noble residence and fell into a state of disrepair before being renovated in 1823 in 1897 it was purchased by princess Hohen princess and in 18 nope not 18 and in 1924 the times of the first republic bought by the president of Skoda Josef Simonek 
as of 2020, it was owned by his descendants. Hmm. During World War II, the Wehrmacht occupied the castle until 1945. The Nazis were said to have conducted experiments Ooh, into the no. occult there. No. According to one source, there were multiple myths about their supposed occult involvements there. Another source states locals believe that the Nazis had been using the powers of hell for their experiments. Dang. As of early 2020, the castle was open to the public and had been since 1999. Tourists may visit the, the chapel mm -hmm. with fading frescoes and murals, including pictures of demon-like figures and animal-like beings. Huska Castle, and most significantly the chapel, was constructed over a large hole in the ground that is a gateway to hell. Oh my gosh, so this... Reminds me of that movie, The Nun. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it, they made it maybe based they off of this. Did. <gasps> Woo. All right. Okay. Good catch. Yeah. The gateway to hell is allegedly so deep that no one could see the bottom of it. Animal-human hybrids were reported to have crawled out of it, and dark-winged otherworldly creatures flew in its vicinity. That's not cool. Legend has it that when construction began in the castle, all of the prisoners that were sentenced to death were offered a pardon if they consented to be lowered by rope into the hole oh and report back what they saw. When the first person was lowered, he began screaming after a few seconds. And when pulled back to the surface, he looked as if he had aged 30 years. No. He, he had grown wrinkles and his hair had turned white. Are you kidding me? Well, this was back, you know, in, in construction in the 13th century. So, so you know, stories may have gotten out of <laughs> hand at this point. Just a but little. But this is, this is the legend, right? Insane, so he aged man. 30 years. According to the Prague Tourism website, the castle is reputed to have various types of ghosts. A bullfrog human creature, what? a headless horse, and an old woman, as well as the remains of demonic beasts who escaped the pit. The pit in the lower levels of the castle is said to be a gateway to hell. Thus, by constructing the Gothic building's defensive walls facing inward, mm -hmm. they were able to keep the demons trapped in the lower level's thickest walls closest to the whole of the castle. Got it. From This is from the Little House of Horrors website. I love that website. I, I <laughs> went to that website a lot yeah. during this. Yep. It's fantastic that's great okay there are a lot of mysteries that surround huska castle okay we've mentioned some i'm going to repeat a couple of them really quick just right. to kind of reiterate what what we talked about with it it's built on top of a cliff it's surrounded by a forest swamps and other mountains it's very hard to reach mm -hmm. even nowadays there are no nearby trade routes right we talked about that and so weird. it wasn't even built for people to live in stupid there's no run there's no water Why except for the cistern there's no kitchen right there's a chapel and then there's the fortified walls that trap everything inward the castle has no external fortifications and a lot of the outside windows are fake there's no kitchen there's no water source what? right within the castle except for the cistern that collects all the rainwater so with so with what purpose was the castle built in the first place exactly right why were we built it it was built to serve as a stopper for the gateway to hell, to trap the demons in there. That's why all the fortifications face in. Well, why would you do that in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> 
to not let any hell beasts come out into your and and kill any of your people. But I mean, how do you know there's a gateway there? Like that's the crazy part. Because this bottomless pit. That's insane. Okay. So before it was built, there was a huge bottomless pit on the cliff. Uh. Nobody knew how the hole had gotten there, but it was a huge source of fo- folklore. People claimed demonic winged creatures and half animal human creatures would crawl up out of the pit at night, finding their way into the village below taking everyone outside into the pit with them. That's crazy. Before the castle was built, the pit was used to pardon prisoners from the death sentence. We talked about that. If Mm -hmm. they agreed to be lowered in the pit, they could report what they saw in it, and then they'd be free. And then the guy aged 30 years, right? Right. Right. That's insane. And the legend says that he aged 30 years, and then he didn't want to speak about anything that he saw while he was in the pit. And then right. they say that he died a few days later from unknown causes. Oh, okay. Right. So the legend continued after he was pulled up out of the pit. Crazy. Right. Huska Castle has a Gothic chapel, which we mentioned before. It's mm-hmm. not big, but built exactly above the bottomless pit as if to keep the evil in. So when you take a closer look at the murals and the frescoes in the chapel, you know something is off there too. They don't show the regular biblical images. The murals and the frescoes show dragons, demonic creatures, and pagan rituals. What? Just like the image of the female centaur who is left-handed. Boo! That's not evil. (laughs) Dude, lefties, leave us alone, man. I know. We're We're not evil. This was considered to be a token of evilness. Stupid. These are highly uncommon inside a chapel. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is really weird considering the fact that they constructed the chapel on top of it uh-huh. so it would cover up the pit. People claim to hear screams and cries Ooh. coming from the floor where the gateway to hell is located underneath. As if the creatures are still trying to claw their way into our world. That's crazy. Huska Castle is also haunted by quote-unquote normal ghosts, a human frog bull-like creature, bulldog, sorry, a human frog bulldog-like creature is said to run. Frog bulldog? Frog bulldog. I love it. (laughs) Like monkey puppy baby. (laughs) (laughs) Human frog bulldog like creature is said to roam the castle halls. The courtyard is haunted by a headless ghost with blood gushing out of his wounds. Many shadow people have been seen and there's even cases of poltergeist activity the demonic artwork throughout the castle doesn't give people a comfortable feeling either some claim that visiting the castle brings bad luck huska castle is open to the public so you can find out if the creepy legends are true for yourself we just gotta climb a bunch of mountains and cross swamps and it's like the princess bride and then you gotta bring your lunch with you because you got no food (laughs) yes exactly I have one more story about Huska Castle. So this is a little bit more recent. According to McGee's Ghost Tours of Prague, in 1836, during a walking tour of the region, Czech poet Karl Heinrich Makcha spent a night at Huska and supposedly in his dreams, he was visited by a terrible vision, which he later recounted in a letter to his friend Edward Hindle. Maka describes his soul descending into the pit and then being transported into a hellish mechanized future, Prague 2006, where he wandered in horror and despair. That's my dog sneezing, by <laughs> I was the way. Like, what is that? <laughs> That's my dog sneezing. 
Among other unnerving experiences in the vision, Maka wrote that he met a girl who showed him moving pictures in a small casket and that in darkness he walked among high sandstone cliffs riddled with holes that projected an eerie yellow light. So remember, he's writing this in 1836 about visions of being transported to 2006. That's crazy. So moving pictures in a casket, like yeah. a small casket device, is that like a phone? Right, an iPad? An iPad that has, you know, moving images like a video on there in 2006. That's crazy. Right? The, the sandstone cliffs riddled with holes that project an eerie yellow light is uncannily similar to the modern, and I'm going to mess this up, Sidlistie, the enormous blocks of flats, which in the present day loom above the outskirts of Prague. Oh. And remember, Macha was recounting all this in 1836. That's so how did creepy. these visions of the future emerge from his subconscious? From the gateways of hell. Was it really only a dream? Or mm. is it possible that he was actually transported ahead in time? That's crazy. Right? So that's Huska Castle. Cool, man. I've never heard of it. <laughs> the gateway to hell. I love it. Right. Okay. Now, like I said, we are tic-tacking across the world. Tic-tacking. We are going to Casa Loma in Toronto, Canada. Ooh, I was there in Toronto. I didn't know they had a castle. Yes, they have a castle. And this castle is very famous. It has been in many movies, including okay. Harry Potter. <gasps> yeah, it's been in all kinds of things. So if you look at Casa Loma... Like You'll be Lego able set. to. It does look like a Lego <laughs> set. <laughs> I've been Legos too many times. You have? Okay. I love it. But you know, it's got the blocky things. It's so but, cool. Yeah. So okay. Casa Loma in Toronto, Canada, Canada has been in lots of movies and films. So it may look familiar to you guys. Yeah. But let's give a little background. This is from their website. So it does kind of glorify their patron of a course. little bit. Okay. But anyway, Sir Henry Pellet, the dreamer behind Toronto's dreamer. famous heritage site, Casa Loma, was born to his British parents in Kingston, Ontario on January 6th, 1859. Ambitious from his youth, Sir Henry Pellet left his studies at Upper Canada College when he was 17 to pursue a career in commerce in the family business. By the age of 23, he became a full partner in his father's stock brokerage firm, Pellet and Pellet. That was the year also marked by his marriage to Mary Dodgson, whom he met when he was 20. Mm. Even as a young man, Henry Pellet em embraced the spirit of the family motto, Devant si ye puis. Mm. <laughs> Devant si ye puis. Foremost, if I can. Nice. When he met his bride-to-be, Sir Pellet had already achieved local renown in 1879 for beating the U.S. amateur champion of the one-mile race. Wow. He's a mile runner. <laughs> so fast. Get it, man. We're runners, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, travels to Europe gave him the love for fine art and architecture, which would spur his vision of Casa Loma, House on the Hill. Mm. This romantic side was mere by his other lifelong passion, his involvement with the military, specifically the Queen's own rifles. Wow. As a partner in Pellet and Pellet, Sir Henry Pellet was a business visionary. In the same year that Thomas Edison developed steam-generated electricity, Sir Henry Pellet realized that supplying electricity could be extremely profitable. Ooh. He founded the Toronto Electric Light Company in 1883. By the time he was 30, the Toronto Electric Light Company enjoyed a monopoly on on the supply of street lighting to the city of Toronto. 
which seems like that's a pretty good gig. That was pretty smart of him. Right. I, did, I love that. And I hate that electricity <laughs> at that time and now still uh-huh. is a racket. It's like a money racket. And like, we all need electricity people. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yep. good for him though. Uh, in 1892, his father retired, enabling Sir Henry Pellet to invest with more risks. Despite vigorous discouragement from his friends, he purchased stock in the Canadian Pacific Railroad and in the Northwest Land Company. As with steam-generated electricity, his intuition was right on target. A liberal immigration policy led to the opening of the Canadian West, which led to healthy profits from his investments in both the Canadian Pacific Railroad and in the Northwest Land Company. By 1901, Sir Henry Pellet was chairman of 21 Canadian companies with interests in mining, insurance, land, and electricity. Wow. Smart kid. Get it, man. In 1902... He and his partners, who won the rights to build the first Canadian hydro-generating plant at Niagara Falls. He was knighted in 1905 for his military service with the Queen's Own Rifles. Sir Henry, Pellet might, Sir Henry Pellet's Midas touch continued throughout most of his business life. In 1911, armed with a fortune of $17 million, Sir Henry Pellet drew up plans with the Canadian architect E.J. Lennox to build his dream home, a castle in the city of Toronto. Hmm. The land on which he planned to build had been given the name Casa Loma by its previous owner, a name that in Spanish translates to Hill House. Pallet must have known it was meant for a home. Casa Loma took three years and $3.5 million to build. Whoa. Sir Henry Pellet, and this was, you know, in 1911, you know, a lot of long money. time ago. Sir Henry Pellet filled Casaloma with priceless artwork from Canada and around the world. Casaloma stood as a monument to its creator. It suppressed any private home in North America with soaring battlements and secret passageways. Ooh, I like that. It paid homage to the castles and knights of days gone by. To this day, it remains one of the only true castles in North America. Sir Henry Pellet's numerous business and military connections demanded entertaining on a large scale. Casaloma's romantic borrowing from the past, tempered by necessary modern-day conveniences, provide the perfect setting. In the height of their years at Casaloma, the planning of such a busy social calendar consumed much of Lady Pellet's time. Mm. In addition to hosting grand social events, the Pellets were involved in a number of philanthropic projects. Sir Henry Pellet was a trustee and benefactor of Trinity College and a strong supporter of Grace Hospital. The organization of the St. John's Ambulance Brigade in Canada is due largely to his efforts. That's good. Yeah, so he's like a do-gooder. Yeah. He's, you know... Making lots of money. Making lots of money, but like... But at least supporting good good causes. Yeah. Lady Pellet, in spite of her frail health, paid played an active role in the promotion of Girl Guides of Canada. She was appointed the first commissioner of the Girl Guides of Canada in 1919, was honored with the Girl Guides highest award, the Silver Fish Award. (laughs) I love that the highest award is the Silver Fish. Yep. Unfortunately, Sir Henry Pellet's fortunes could not sustain the magic that was Casa Loma. To finance expansion, Pellet and Pellet went further and further into debt. The one sure source of income from the monopoly of electric power vanished when political decisions allowed for public ownership of electricity. There you go. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) You can't have a monopoly. No, you can't. 
In a futile attempt to restore his wealth, Sir Henry Pellet turned to land speculation. He was convinced that well-to-do Torontonians would rush to build homes around Castle Loma. However, in this case, his entrepreneurial sense did not take into account the effects of World War I. Oh, no. During the war, Canadians put their money into war bonds, not mm-hmm. homes. After the war, the economy slumped, tilting pellet and pellet into bankruptcy. Wah, wah. Wow. The company owed the Home Bank of Canada $1.7 million. Oh, dang. Or in today's terms, $20 million. Dang. Ugh. With his stock worthless and his business oh, debts no. out of control, Sir Henry Pellet was faced faced with a heartbreaking decision, a decision which he would always claim was made for him by the city's immovable tax assessors. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that made me giggle because, yep. you know, taxes. Nah. Okay, faced with an extraordinary tax bill, Sir Henry Pellet had no choice but to auction off his prized possessions for a fraction of their worth and, a, and to abandon his dream of a noble castle. Aww. The Pellets moved to their farm in King Township in 1924. Lady Pellet passed away later that year at the age of 67. Mm-hmm. Though he lost a great fortune, Sir Henry Pellet never lost his spirit of philanthropy, a character trait for which he was honored late in life. His service of 50 years with the Queen's Own Rifles was celebrated on June 27, 1926 with Aww. a march past 500 men complete with circling overhead of three military planes. When Sir Henry Pellet died on March 8th, 1939, thousands lined Toronto streets to witness his funeral procession. He was buried with full military honors, benefiting a soldier who had given so much to his country. So that's really sweet. Okay. Like, this is nice. Sir Henry Pellet left Castle Loma in 1924. In 1925, one year after Sir Henry Pellet retired to his farm in King, Ontario, architect William Sparling put forward a proposal to convert the Castle Loma house to a Toronto luxury hotel. Ooh. The Castle Loma Hotel, which was open from 1926 to 1929, so only three years. Jeez. William Sparling was granted a long-term lease and began the process of completing the Great Hall and the billiard room areas that Sir Henry Pellet had never finished. He also had plans to add two large wings to the east and west sections of the main building that would each contain 96 full suites and 56 rooms. That's a lot, That's man. That's huge. These wings were never built. Oh, so good. never mind. <laughs> Didn't fully convert. Okay. A New York syndicate offered to purchase Casa Loma in 1928, but the deal was never completed mm. and the hotel failed in 1929. Aww. During the late 1920s, Casa Loma was also a popular night spot. Woo-woo. The Orange Blossoms, later known as Glen Gray and the Casa Loma Orchestra, were booked to play for eight months at Casa Loma wow. in 1927 and 1929. Shortly thereafter, they went on tour of North America with their big band sound. With the onset of the Depression, Casaloma once again remained vacant. In 1933, the city of Toronto took ownership of the property for $27,303.45. That's it. And that's what was owed in back taxes. Wow. Yeah. That's it. It was $3.5 million right, in construction. And then, back then? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Right? Can you imagine no. buying a castle for $27,000? Yeah, let's do it. 
let's do it. I'll yeah, take two, I'll take right? It. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Suggestions for possible uses of the building included a high school, Aww. a museum, or art gallery for visitors to Toronto, or a war veterans convalescence home, and a permanent residence for the Dion quintuplets. <laughs> I what? Know. I don't know. Okay. Permanent residence for the Dion quintuplets. None of the projects proved feasible, and the city of Toronto considered demolishing North no. America's castle. No. Thus, it remained vacant from 1933 to 1937, wow. while proposals were considered by the City of Toronto for the future use. Instead, the Kiwanis Club of West Toronto began operating Casa Loma as a tourist attraction oh, in 1937. Smart. This agreement continued until 2011. In August 2011, the new Casa Loma Corporation was formed. The City of Toronto remains the sole owner of the property. Okay. Okay. Good so job, here, Toronto. Here are ghost stories about Casa Loma. And this is an article that I found on Toronto.com. Okay. Okay. So on to the ghost stories. Whoop, whoop. A mysterious lady dressed in white, the mutters of sighs of a crotchety man, <laughs> and a paranormal experience make castle make a castle a supernatural hotspot. Yeah, yeah. And this is by Justin Skinner. It was originally written in October of 2013 but it was updated march of last year okay march of 2023 okay got it from strange apparitions to spooky voices and unseen grabbing hands no i know it's your favorite i don't like that <laughs> castle loma has more than its share of ghost stories staff and guests at the historical castle have shared enough stories of seeing a mysterious lady dressed in white, hearing the mutters and sighs of a crotchety man <laughs> near the stables, or having other paranormal experience that it has gained a reputation as a supernatural hotspot. The castle even offers ghost tours led by Can Canada's most haunted. Nice. We've had stories going on in here since 1930s when the Kawaiians Club took over the castle, said Michelle Des Rocher, Des Rocher. There you go. We're going to say Des Rocher. It looks French to me. Yep. And it's Canada. Okay. okay. She's the CMH or the Canada's most haunted director and Casaloma's de facto paranormal rep. There have been plenty of Casaloma ghost stories that pop up from time to time, such as the appearance of a man tending to the garden in the indoor conservatory or the sound of children's voices when no children are around. Ooh. A few stories, however, are reported time and again by different people. The most common sighting is the white lady who typically appears on the second floor, but who has recently been seen in the basement. Mm. The white lady is someone we believe to be a maid who worked here in the early 1900s, around the time when about 60,000 people in Toronto died of influenza. Oh, no. That's so many people, De Rocher said. She's been seen in a lot of places by guests or by cleaning or cafeteria staff as they've been cleaning up at the end of the day. Some have also reported sightings of Sir Henry Pellet, who originally commissioned the construction of Casa Loma, and his wife, Lady Mary Pellet, for whom he built the castle. De Rocher spoke of an outdoor function in the Casa Loma Gardens where a young boy reported seeing a man standing at a second floor window. He told a staff member who panicked because the second floor was supposed to be locked down, De Rocher said. She asked if the boy she asked the boy to describe the man, and the boy's description matched Sir Henry. So she took the boy 
to look at the photos and asked, do you see the man here? The boy pointed to the picture of Sir Henry and said, that's him. Why is he so mad? (laughs) (laughs) A woman believed to be Lady Mary has also been spotted on the grounds, though Desrochers pointed out the notoriously private woman has proven elusive. Hmm. At one point, the CMH team attempted to film her room, leaving a camera running there while they explored other parts of the castle. When the team returned to check the footage, the tape was gone. No. Disappeared. (laughs) She's like, don't film me. Don't film me. A Castle Loma staff member who Desrochers said was skeptical the castle holds ghosts had locked the door behind them before they left. This was one of those older cameras where if you don't insert the tape, it won't run. So I know I put it in there and the staff member saw me put it in there, Desrochers said. The staff member said, I locked down the room and I just looked at him and I said, I got nothing. The tape's in my A to this day. Spooky. <laughs> Spooky. Desrochers then set up a different camera that stored footage on a hard drive only to find that it shut itself off ah. or had been shut off after about 10 minutes. No. According to mediums who claim to have felt the presence of Sir Henry and Lady Mary, their spirits are not trapped there, instead choosing to be there after the pellets were ousted from the Casaloma after being unable to keep up with the costs. A lot of mediums say they come back in they come back in what's called a visitation state because they didn't have the castle very long, Desrochers said. Yeah, but then they can be there forever. So True. that's sweet, right? Mm-hmm. The tunnel leading the castle the tunnel leading to the castle stables are where another of its most notorious ghosts is believed to roam. Ooh. Many have reported feeling as though they had been grabbed or had their hair pulled in the tunnel. No. Don't like that. I don't like that either. Stop grabbing people. <laughs> people have also reported hearing the spirit in the tunnel sighing gruffly. And he has even been captured in recording speaking in interacting speaking and interacting with visitors in one recording he is heard mimicking a medium who said oh he's a horrible person Ah. (laughs) while trying to make contact oh (laughs) jeez can you imagine she's like oh he's a horrible person yeah oh he's a horrible person (laughs) 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 there's always the same tone to the voice de said (laughs) that's what's known as an intelligent haunting it's not just the residual sounds of door slamming once again various mediums have reached similar conclusions coming up with the same two names popping up for the man in the tunnel though the cmh team simply refers to him jokingly as Mr. Happy. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh. Desrochers said evidence points to the voice belonging to the ghost of a friend of Sir Henry's who was hired to look after the Pellet's prize-winning horses. Whether or not Casaloma is haunted and even with the recordings and experiences her team has collected, Desrochers always wants to allow others to draw their own conclusions. It has certainly made a name for itself among ghost hunters. As for the CMH team, they certainly have their beliefs, and based on the turnout at a sold-out haunted tour of the building on Sunday, October 7th, plenty of others harbor these same suspicions. Mm. We haven't been very successful with photographs or video, but we've had successes with voice recordings, too, yeah. she said. Casaloma has given up her voice. That's one thing she's done. She, she'll let us hear her. That's crazy. Yay. Cool. So that's Casaloma. I love it. Now we're going to tic-tac across the world again. Okay. <laughs> we are going to India. Ooh, we're going fun. to Bangar Fort Ooh, in India. Interesting. Okay. Yes. 
The Bangar Fort is a 16th century fort built in the Rajasthan state of India. The town was established during the rule of Bhagwant Das as the residence of his second son, Madho Singh. The fort and its precincts are well preserved. The, you did pretty, pretty good with those words. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm <laughs> trying so hard. These ones look simpler to pronounce. Okay, so good. I think I'm, I'm I you don't want to get too confident uh, here because <laughs> there's more of them happening right Uh-oh. now. Okay. The Bungar Fort is located on the border of the sea. No. Sorry. The, thank you. That's how you say this. Sorry, Ska. Ah, reserve. There you go. <laughs> in the Aravali range of hills in the Alwar district of Rajasthan. The nearest village is Gola Kabas. Okay. The fort is situated at the foot of the hills on the sloping terrain. The ruins of the king's palace are located on the lower slope of the hills, trees surrounding the pond area, and a natural stream falls into the pond within the premises of the palace. That's cool. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. But it's, there's some weird stuff happening there. So it would be really cool. Except for it's cursed, but we'll get oh, to that oh, in a second. Oh, just that. <laughs> oh, gosh. The fort is located 235 kilometers or 146 miles from Delhi. Mm-hmm. And the approach to the entrance gate of the fort in the last two kilometers or 1.2 miles stretch off the road is unpaved. Oh, so it's, it's like really hard to get there. It's get like to getting farm. to my farm. Yep. Yeah, you have to turn off the paved road. <laughs> <laughs> if directions to your house say turn off the paved road, <laughs> you might be a redneck. Okay. The fort is 20 miles or 32 kilometers from Thanagazi. The nearest airport in Jaipur inter- is Jaipur Na- International Airport, which mm-hmm. is 88.2 kilometers from the fort. Okay. So just so you know where that is, if any of that makes sense to you. You want to get on a plane and go. According to the legend, a sadhu lived within the fort area. And according to his injection, any house built in the precinct of the fort should not be taller than his own. And if the shadow of any such house fell on his house, it would result in destruction of the fort town. When columns were added to the fort that cast shadow on the sadhu's house, the result was destruction of the fort and surrounding towns. It gets crazy. According to another tale, a priest who was a practitioner of black magic, mm. fell in love with a beautiful Bangar princess with many suitors. One day, the priest followed the princess to the marketplace and offered her a love potion. Mm. However, she refused it, throwing it into a large rock that consequently rolled into rolled onto the priest and crushed him to death. So the rock, not the perfume. <laughs> the rock <laughs> crushed the, the, the priest. That's crazy. Before he died, the priest cursed the entire village, no. condemning it to destruction and desolation. So this is where the curse I comes cursing. from. It can be from either one of these two stories. Got so it. either they built the house too tall and the, sad, the sadhu cursed everybody. Stupid. Or it was this priest that think, was in love I with the princess. It sounds more like the priest. Yeah. Okay. There are many eerie stories surrounding Bangar and its ill-fated visitors. Its history is full of misery and anguish, which locals believe has been translated into horrible accidents and misfortune. Locals also added that once three daredevils decided to stay in Bangar Fort premises post sundown, you're not allowed to be there past sundown. Why? You have to be there when the sun is up. You can't go in before sunrise and you have to leave at sunset. sunset 
because bad stuff happens. That's bad why. Juju. Too many bad things. And it's like posted everywhere at the fort. You must leave by sunset. That's insane. Right? So these uh, three daredevils decided to stay in Bangar Fort no. premises post sundown and see if it was really haunted. Mm-hmm. However, despite being equipped with a torch or a flashlight, mm-hmm. one of them fell into a steep well. But was then rescued by his friends who rushed to take him to the hospital. So yay, right? But Uh it seems like it was predestined. All three of them died in a road (gasps) accident while they were on their way to the hospital. No! Yeah, see, cursed. It's cursed. spooky. Okay, so another weird thing that happens in the villages Mm -hmm. that are surrounding this fort is that anytime anybody tries to build a roof, and this is a tragic thing, Uh they tried to put a roof on their houses, Uh it collapses in. What? So this is... What are they using? I don't know, but this is another... Another thing that happens with the curse is That's that creepy. if you tried to build a roof on your house and you'll notice that any remains or any houses in the village don't have permanent roofs oh my because they collapse and they kill hundreds That's of insane. people. Yeah. So that's the other part of the, cor- the no, curse. But cool. this is... This fort is greatly revered in India as being super haunted. Sure. That's all I could find as far as what the real hauntings were. But it was just warning after warning after warning after warning. You get very ominous feelings here. It's cursed. Don't put roofs on your houses and don't stay past uh, dark. Otherwise, you're going to have feelings of being watched. Spooky. You're going to have the air is really thick and heavy and it's very dizzy. But we just don't know exact ghosts, right? We don't know No, who. we don't know exact That's ghosts. Creepy, we though. just know it's cursed. Okay, cursed, man. So that is Bangar Fort in India. Oh, man, India. Not yes. cool. Moving on, we are now going to go to Austria. Austria. See, I told you we're tic-tacking all over. Okay. Okay. This is Musham Castle or Schloss, Schloss Musham. I can speak. I can speak German. That's cool. Schloss. Schloss. Um, and it's a medieval castle in Utenberg region of Salzburg, Austria. Look how pretty. That is really so cool looking. Gorgeous. Again, in the forest. Yes. The so-called Spur Castle is located on a high point overlooking the entire area. Building fortifications on top of the mountain and hills was done for defense purposes. This castle was involved in at least 45 bloody battles. But the battles are not the reason why Musham Castle is so infamous. You'd think so. This castle is crazy. This is probably my favorite. Okay. Okay. So let's let's get into it because there's a lot of things. Okay. Okay. The things. The things. This is the history of Musham Castle. Okay. So most of this um, from Musham Castle is from the Little House of Horrors website. Nice. Because um, that's just a fun. Because guys, that's a awesome. fun website to go to. Yeah. So I highly They're recommend it. They're good writers and they give you yeah. a lot of good details. They do. Yeah. They do. Okay. So this is the history of Musham Castle. Okay. The castle is built on top of the foundation of a Roman fortress. But these are no longer visible because the castle is built on top of it, right? Sure. Okay. It was first mentioned in documents dating back to to 1191. (laughs) I had to trip over that because I almost said 19. (laughs) 1191. That's 12th century, y'all. That's crazy. And it has been modernized and extended since. Musham Castle overlooks the area at a height of 1,079 meters or 3,540 feet. 
In 1285, Musham Castle was seized by the Prince Archbishop of Salzburg. Then a long period without documentation went by until the 14th century. Mm. During that time, Musham Castle served as the residence of an an Episcopal burgrave. It was then that the castle was extended and modernized. In the 1520s, the castle became the region's administrative seat. Here's some bloody history. Musham Castle was the scene of local wars, the Crusades, Mm -hmm. several Austrian-Hungarian wars, Mm -hmm. and the Flemish revolt against Maximilian of Austria in 1428 through 1428. It was in 1428. The castle was besieged by peasants during the German Peasants' War in 1524 to 1525. Archbishop Wolf Dietrich von... Rathenau stayed at Musham Castle on his flight from Salzburg in October of 1611, shortly before he was captured and imprisoned for life. You could say that the ground is saturated with blood, but there is one period in history that's even more gruesome than all these wars together. The Zauberjackal Trials. What? <laughs> Let's talk about what that is. Sounds crazy. Musham Castle is the scene of one of the most horrible witch hunts <gasps> in European no. history. The so-called Zauberjackal Trials of 1675 to 1690 led to the execution of 139 people. The remarkable thing is that most of the executions were male. The mass hysteria started when Barbara Colloran was arrested for theft and sorcery in 1675. She was put on trial along with her partner, Paul Kalfenpacher. I I said that right. Okay. During torture, Barbara confessed that her son, Paul Jacob Kohler, had made a pact with Satan. Dang. Paul Kalfenpacher confirmed her story. Barbara was executed in August of that year, and the hunt for Jacob began. No. Okay. Wizard Jackal. Jacob the Jackal. Jackal. Okay. Crazy. In 1677, the government received the news that Jacob was dead. But when they arrested a young beggar named Dionysus Feldner, that news was contradicted. The 12 year old handicapped Feldner, also known as Dirty Animal, told the authorities that he had been in contact with Jacob shortly before his arrest. According to him, Jacob, or Jackal, was the leader of a gang of beggar children and teenagers from the slum. Feldner also claimed Jackal had taught the children black magic. His confession led to the arrest of hundreds of homeless children and teenagers. No. The authorities feared Jackal. During the interrogations, the stories about Jackal grew larger and larger. In the end, the authorities even feared the man for his bloodthirst and cruelty. They actually preferred to avoid capturing the man. So even though Jackal was the most famous wizard in the city's history, he was never captured. Instead, the witch hunt for homeless children and teenagers continued. Oh, no. I don't like that. No. Tortures and executions. The witch trials took place on the grounds of Musham Castle. The castle was involved in the whole process. The administration, the court, the imprisonment, the torture, and the execution. Of the 139 executed, 113 were male. They were executed because they were loyal followers of Jackal. 39 were just children. The youngest, Hanneral, was only 10 years old. No, that's sad. So sad. 53 executed were aged between 15 and 21. 
21 executed were of unknown ages. The oldest to be executed was Marguerite Reinberg, who was 80 years old when she was killed. Most of the executions, 109 in total, took place in 1681. Before the followers of Jackal were executed, they were brutally tortured. Some have had their hands cut off and had been marked on the chest with a burning iron. Some were hanged, some were decapitated, and some were burned at the stake while they were still alive. This really was a very dark piece of history. Dang, it totally was. Right? That's scary. There's more. Uh Uh-oh. After the witch hunt, the witch hunt ended in 1690, and life at Musham Castle turned back to normal. This lasted until 1790, so a hundred years of normalcy. Yeah. Yeah. When the Archbishop Count Hieronymus von Colorado, Colorado, maybe? I don't know. Colorado. Colorado. (laughs) Dissolved the Musham Ballywick. What's that? (laughs) I have no idea, but he dissolved it. Without the church's finances... Oh, okay. So maybe the church was financing Musham. The castle fell into disrepair. Not long after this event, local deer and stock were found mutilated and killed in the area surrounding the castle. The superstitious locals soon started pointing at the remaining residents of the castle. They believe these people turned into werewolves at night, feasting on the flesh of the unfortunate animals. The locals went up to the castle, captured the residents, and Aww. murdered them Dang, in man. their own courtyard. People are vicious back After then. After this, the castle was abandoned. They're like, oh, we don't <laughs> right? need it anymore. Oh, my gosh. So then we move to the Wiltsek family. In 1886, Musham Castle was purchased by the Austrian explorer and patron of the arts, Count Johann Nepomuk Wiltsek. Good job. He restored the castle back to its former glory. Even up to today, the Wiltzak family owns the castle. Good job. Wiltzak extensive art collection is accessible to the public, but the presence of this friendly family doesn't make the creepy history disappear. Apart from the gruesome history of the building has other tales and other legends to tell. So here are some more legends of Musham Castle. There are many tales and legends that surround Musham Castle. One of these stories is about a bailiff named Anton. Anton ruled Musham Castle in the mid-1800s. He was nicknamed Shurgen. Oh, let me do that again. (laughs) Shurgen Tony and was known for his cruelty. No, Uh I don't like that. He took pleasure in torturing his prisoners in the most horrible ways, and he even mistreated his own parents. How did the parents put up with that? (laughs) Smack your boy. Even though Tony's behavior was well known throughout the entire region, he was never punished for his crimes. Oh, that kills me. Like nothing, no repercussions. No, the locals started to believe that he had sold his soul to the devil. Of course. One night when a storm swept over the land, Shogun Tony made his final round in the dungeon. He really enjoyed seeing the wounds and pain he had inflicted during the day. Satisfied, he went up to his apartments. When he heard the terrible storm and uncomfortably 
an uncomfortable thought popped up in his mind. He decided to shake the feeling of him by taking a drink and sitting down in his chair. In the meantime, a carriage drawn by four shiny black horses came closer to the castle's gate. Mm. The gate opened for the unknown guest as if done by magic. The carriage stopped in the castle's courtyard and a figure dressed in black got out of it. Tony had nearly dozed off when he was suddenly startled by a knock on the door. Who in the world would set out at night like this? When he opened the door, he saw the figure in black. The stranger started to speak. Good night, dear man. I come from hell. and My prince ordered me to prepare you for your journey. You're kidding me. Tony started to plead. He knew this day was coming eventually, but he wasn't ready to go face his fate. But the dark figure was ruthless and dragged Tony along in his carriage and took him down to hell for eternity. Goodbye, Tony. Good riddance, man. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Today, Musham Castle is in the private hands of Countess Teresita Wiltzek, but a large part of the castle is open to the public. Throughout the years, reports of paranormal incidents have been claimed. People feel as if they are being watched, touched, especially in the torture chamber (laughs) or being breathed on. Ew. (laughs) Strange white mists and shadow figures have been seen in the corridors. Disembodied voices have been heard during EVP sessions. A dark presence is often felt in Tony's room. Hey, Tony. And doors tend to open and close on their own. There are also claims of people hearing footsteps, but when they turn around, there's no one there. Banging noises are often heard as well. Yes, this is one creepy place. This sounds like it. Yeah. Dude. Wusham Castle. I like it though. Witch trials. Werewolves. werewolves. That was my favorite part. <laughs> Me too. Was <laughs> werewolves. <laughs> Mutilated cows. Oh, man. Crazy. Crazy, crazy castle. Yeah, it's funny. I was trying to rack my brain. I was like, I know there were, remember we did the international witch trials and, and I did one in Germany. I don't think I came across this one, but that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Jackal. I know all the kids. Not cool. So bad. Now we are tic-tacking again. <laughs> We're going to Tic-tac. New Zealand. Hey, New Zealand. This is the only castle in New Zealand. That's fun. Lanark Castle in Dunedin, New Zealand. Okay. Yes. William James Moody Lanark of Scottish descent was born in 1833 in New South Wales, Australia. His banking career began in Melbourne and then followed the gold rush to the Australian goldfields, where he was manager of the Bank of New South Wales in Ararat. His bank was a tent, and his equipment consisted of dogs, a gun, and a strong box. Awesome. <laughs> Good day, mate. Right? This is Australian Wild West, man. It's yeah. crazy. Gold was discovered in, in Otago, New Zealand, in the 1860s. Cool. Lenark was offered the position of manager of the Bank of Otago in Dunedin, which serviced the extensive gold fields. He sailed for Dunedin in 1867. Lenark's brilliant career encompassed his merchant empire, Guthrie and Lenark, banking, shipping, farming, landholding, politics, and speculation. What? (laughs) He traveled extensively and was a cabinet minister in the New Zealand government, holding various portfolios over a period of 25 years. Lenark was married three times Whoa. and had six children. 
Two each or just <laughs> <laughs> uneven numbers? He was predeceased by his first two wives and his eldest daughter, Kate. Oh. And he wound up taking his own life no. in the New Zealand Parliament buildings in 1898. He wasn't happy. No. he. So his first two wives passed away. They had children, but I don't know how many children each wife had. And then he married a very young woman. Um, and I think mm. she cheated on him with his son, if I'm remembering this correctly. Gross. And he built this big ballroom for his daughter, Katie, because she mm. was he just loved her for her 21st birthday. Aww. And then she died, I think, at the age of no. 26 or 23, something like that, just a couple years afterwards. That's sad. And so after that, he was like, oh, I'm done. Like, yeah. I'm so he now. took his life. Yeah. Dang, man. And I might go into that in more detail here in a second. I just okay. got ahead of myself. But yeah, you're, you're all like <laughs> I do that. I get excited. That's a, okay. a story is told that William Lenark and one of his sons went for a horse ride along the top of the Otago Peninsula to choose the best site for their home. Today, you can still see why this site was chosen as it has wonderful panoramic views mm. of Dunedin, Otago Harbor, the peninsula, and the Pacific Ocean. So Ghost Hunters International did visit this and and do a ghost hunt which cool. i watched and it was really cool but really? it is gorgeous i bet it's gorgeous and yes they did find things of course they so did. you need to watch it it's okay. season one episode eight wow you, you and got it down and it's free on youtube so you can watch it Deal. it's fun okay okay uh, the first, the site was clear felled. Then the hill site was leveled by putting pegs into the volcanic rock and pouring salt water on them to split the rock. Ooh. Approximately 200 men spent three years building the shell of the castle and then gifted European craftsmen spent 12 years embellishing the interior. Wow. Materials from all over the world were used. Marble from Italy, slate from Wales, floor tiles from England, glass from Venice and France. No expense was spared in creating Lenark's dream home. That's fun. It's gorgeous. Many New Zealand native woods were also used. Kauri ceilings, removed floors, and honeysuckle paneling. I like honeysuckle. It's pretty. <laughs> In 1885, a 3,000 square foot ballroom was added. Ooh. Lenark's first wife, we're going to go into a little bit more of their family history okay. here. Lenark's first wife, Eliza Guise, had six children. So first wife had Holy all of the kids. Donald, Douglas, Kate, Colleen, Alice, and Gladys. Eliza died at the age of 38 when Aww. Gladys was still a baby. Lenark then married Eliza's half-sister, oh. Mary Aileen. Hey. They were married for five years when sadly Mary also died at the age of 38. Curse. Oh my gosh. Curse. That's crazy. 38. Lenark then married a much younger later lady, Constance de Bath Brandon. Did they say her age? No, they didn't say 18. her age. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> He's an old man with yep. grown children. Lenark was struck by tragedy when his favorite daughter, Kate, died in her 20s. Oh. Five of the children were sent to England for their education. This meant long sea voyages and a lot of time away from the castle yeah, and that's family. that's far. Yeah, that is Dang. far. After Lenark's suicide in 1898, the family was further torn apart by legal battles over Lenark's property. The family then sold the castle in 1908, 1906. Mm. 
and here are the hauntings. Ooh. There are a few reporting hauntings at Lenark Castle. The first would be of Eliza, who is said to haunt the landing near her bedroom, where it is said she died. <laughs> the oldest Lenark daughter, Kate, allegedly haunts the ballroom, and Mr. Lenark himself supposedly roams within the castle walls. The New Zealand TV program Ghost Hunt filmed an episode here and got a photograph of what is thought to be Mr. Lenark himself. Creepy. Two of the Quantum Foundation's team members were privileged enough to get invest to get to investigate this location over a two-night period and stay on site in the stables. EVP sessions were conducted on both evenings, which yielded unmistakable voices answering directly asked questions. <laughs> Contamination by other customers staying on site were ruled out as we had sole occupancy, as was others walking around the stables during the ungodly hour these sessions were conducted. <laughs> While heading outside alone in the early hours of the morning upon walking through the ground floor of the stables, one of our investigators had a personal experience. Ooh. All of a sudden, she felt an unmistakable presence right next to her, which made her jump and distinctly heard the swishing of a dress. Yeah. Another investigator captured an EVP of males, male voices clearly speaking a short sentence from the same location. Hmm. Of a male's voice, clearly. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> Makes sense. That. In the ballroom, the sounds of dishes or glasses being moved around was captured while no one was present in the room. Ghost Hunter, Ghost Hunter International also got that same Ooh. thing. And then they set up cameras to watch the plates rattle and they picked up the sound of the plates rattling. And um, so it's a really cool piece of evidence. Is that residual maybe? Like them just constantly in the dining room? Like that's where everybody is all the time? I'm thinking. That's I don't cool. know. It was cool though. Yeah. Our video cameras confirmed that all investigators were accounted for elsewhere in the castle. Hmm. Upon investigation, there seemed to be no logical explanation for this as nothing had been moved or altered. There was nothing visually captured on video. Whilst conducting an EVP session in Constance's bedroom, which houses many of her personal items, including her wedding dress, our investigator asked if Constance had indeed had an affair with Douglas, as they personally did not believe this was the case. No. The two investigators, that's the third wife and the son. Got right? it. Okay. The two investigators present did not audibly hear a response. However, on reviewing the EB EVP session shortly thereafter, a soft, whispery female voice can be heard stating, I did not do it in a direct response to their question. What was the question? Did you have an affair ah. with Douglas? Yeah. She says she did not. Ah, well, well, we'll yeah. see. We consider this to be a class A capture. So they Ooh, like, fancy. like, yeah, 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 this is good. It is our investigator's personal opinion that this castle definitely warrants a serious, a series of extended investigations in the hope of trying to determine exactly what these disturbances can be attributed to, or perhaps who exactly is roaming the grounds and the buildings of this stunning location. So as I mentioned before, I watched the Ghost Hunter International's episode of Lenart Castle, mm -hmm. and they had several experiences. A couple of the ones that I remember besides the dishes is um, they talked about how in one room and they did debunk this um but mm. they do they do get smells in the library of tabasco or tabasco i like tabasco <laughs> tobacco <laughs> pipe you know tobacco and like um port no oh. but then what they did is they noticed that if 
the sunlight is coming through the windows and it warms up the room, then the old leather furniture right, puts out the smell. tobacco smell. Yeah. And then also some of the, the wine cabinets, they smell like port too if they get heated up. So they debunked that. Okay. Um, and then also some of the caretakers have mentioned getting pushed, like Ooh. pushed down the stairs. No. Right. And so Not they, cool. yeah. So that's another thing is they feel like they're getting pushed. But they did have a, a series of cold spots and direct responses to questions. Um, and they did have the dishes rattle, like I mentioned before, but probably the coolest thing that happened was when they were, they always present their findings to the person. So they were in the ballroom presenting their findings when they were about to come across like the biggest piece of evidence for the woman fire alarm goes off no and they all have to evacuate <laughs> and they're like yeah this happens anytime we're doing investigations or something big and you know yeah. we're talking about it fire alarm will go off also like i don't want you talking about it right that's creepy yeah 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 oh. so that's lenark castle i love it okay guys I have more, but That's this is so a very cool. long episode. So we're you going to great. save these three castles. I have three more castles. We'll, we'll save them yeah. for a part two okay. of Haunted Castles. I love it. Okay. Good job. We'll so yeah, this is really fun. I had a, I I had a good that. time researching them. I love them. castles. This I do so too. Fun. And I think it's because like, you know, we were just at Disneyland. So That's we saw, right. got to see that castle. But I've always loved going to castles. Anytime mm -hmm. I go to Europe, you know, you go through a castle, you can feel feel the history you can feel like it's such a vibe yes. <laughs> to borrow from the young kids <laughs> but like it you get transported you, you can do feel all that history the yes. air is different it's so it's fun it's very yeah fun. we when I lived in England that was all we did for our um our history teacher was British and he come talk about it all year and then we take field trips and so I've been to Warwick Castle, I've been to Scotland and different castles and Wales. Dude, so much history. So much history. And it's so fun. Yes. So I'm glad you did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. So yeah. we're going to save the other three. Okay. Because the, the last one is insane. Is it bonkers? It's bonkers. Oh, you guys got to tune in. So when we do a part two, yeah. you guys, oh, I'm so like, excited. it gets better. It gets better. I okay. saved the best for last, though. Good I'm job. Excited. Okay. So part two. Okay. But before we go to part two or before we finish this episode. Yes. We have a movie to talk about. Yay. And I feel like we're going to have a discussion on this movie. Yes, Because we I will. think we have different opinions on this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, oh, but oh, before oh. movie time, yeah. if you guys have visited any of these castles yeah. or have had personal experiences in any castle anywhere around the world, we want to know. Ooh, ooh. You can email us at theominousstitch at gmail.com. Okay. You can also jump over to any of the social medias and get a hold of us there. Just, you know, drop us a line or a thread. Do we do threads? Do we have threads open? <laughs> She's looking at me like, what is threads? I'm not that young. I know what they are. <laughs> I just have not activated it. Okay. It's very similar to Twitter to me. So. Yeah, 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 anyway. yeah. Yeah. Or I have, or, yeah, X. Yeah, yeah, see Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> We're old. Yeah. So anyway, you can jump on any of the social medias and get a hold of us there. Email us at theominousstitch at gmail.com or you can go over to podbean.com, look up these show notes and see mm -hmm. these beautiful castles and you can drop us a line there. That's right. Um, you can check out any show notes from any other previous show that we've done or you can click on a little button that says become a patron ooh, ooh. and you can become a patron and help us continue doing things like this for you guys yeah. because we love doing this show it's so much we fun. want to continue doing it and yes, we, we want do. to continue getting to know our community so reach out to us 
we want to talk to you. Yeah. Like we really do. And we do talk back to you. We do. Like not talk back, not talk back. (laughs) But like we have conversations like a few weeks ago, Nicole and I were recording and Kate, one of our patrons dropped us a line and we had a full on conversation with her. We're like, yeah, that's right. Back (laughs) and forth. Yeah. So anyway, drop us a line. Maybe that will happen with you guys. You'll catch us on a good day and we'll get to talk to you at the same time. And thanks patrons. Thank you patrons. We love you. Okay. I'm done talking. You did great (laughs) talking. We're going to talk some more though. We are going to talk some more. It's movie time. week's movie review is the woman in black not we're the men in black (laughs) it's the woman in the woman in black yeah very opposite uh released in 2012 imdb rating of 6.4 stars and the synopsis a young solicitor travels to a remote village where he discovers that the vengeful ghost of a scorned woman is terrorizing the locals What's up, Harry Potter? I know. That's why I loved it so much. Daniel Radcliffe is not Harry Potter. No, but you can't look at him and not be like, oh. I just, I don't know. Everybody has an affinity for him. Yeah, I know. Although he does some weird movies, though. I know, but that's like the beauty of it. Because like he was, he is Harry Potter. Right. It's like, what do you do from that point on? It's hard. And he did good. Yeah. And so he chooses all kinds of really interesting, different projects because he can. Yeah. And because that just like gives him more depth. And I think it's doing great for him because it makes us look at him as not Harry Potter anymore. (laughs) He's, you know, he's an actor that's doing his own thing. And like, it makes you think of him as like, okay, you're an actor now and not just Harry Potter. And everything you see is Harry Potter. Although he was, you know, a British solicitor in this. So, like, <laughs> it was easy to see the transition to Harry Potter. A little bit. Yeah. He didn't wear glasses in it. So, no, that's yeah. true. Um, my only concern was, and, and this, I've seen this, so I've seen this before when it first was released, and then we watched it again with her. Um, he looks too young to be a father of a kid. No, because you're looking at him as Harry exactly! Potter. Oh, I blew we, it. Yeah, we blew it. That's okay. <laughs> We're still going. Okay. But yeah, I just, I can't see it. I can't see it. I'm sorry. He looks really young. But back then. They they started young. Exactly. And his kid is young. Yes. So even if he's like 25, that's. I guess. Fine. I, I see him as like 23. But he's not young though. I know. He just looks young. He's looks, he's got a young face to me. Well, because he has a young face. Yeah. But he's not. You got to get over it. I didn't look at him as Harry Potter. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, so that was my little concern with that first part. But anyway, it's it's a fun movie. So yeah, as it says, you know, you, you get to travel with him into this crazy little village where there's some pretty like... Oh, it's so moody. Yes. It's so cool. The colors of this movie, the cinematography, they really set the tone. It's beautiful. Um, and... Uh, it's very Victorian. Yes. Very like in that whole spiritualism movement. And right. everybody's like you know into seances and and mediums and ghost stories yeah it's set so well it reminds me a lot of the Guillermo del Toro movie with uh Tom Holland what was that we watched um Tom Holland not Tom Holland I said his name Tom Hiddleston 
Tom Hiddleston. Yes. yes. I was thinking that the whole right? time. I was like, this is the same set. It's very similar. I feel like they the use the same house. set, the same house. Yeah. It was, yeah. I think they use the, the same set. the mud flats outside yes. was very similar to the clay. To the red clay. Yes. Exactly what I was thinking <laughs> the whole time, too. What was that movie called? Crimson Peak. See, red. Crimson Peak. You were Peak. very close. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, that setting exactly it's similar, the right? same castle. Yeah. Like, I think it's House the same castle. set. Yeah. yeah. But it was it was pretty. It was fun. It's a it's a fun haunted house yeah. movie. Um, so wait, give me your thoughts because I want to bounce it. I loved it. Yeah? Uh, yeah. This was like right up my alley of what kind of okay. horror scary movie. horror movie I like. Because, okay. you know, there were plenty of jump scares. Yes. There plenty. I love the haunted stuff. Okay. So like when the chair was rocking by itself yes. and then all the creepy... I don't the like kids, man, the too. old Victorian uh, the um, toys. toys. Yes. Oh, those are so creepy. They go on their and own. And the clown. Yeah. And they, yeah, they go on their own. And then the dog barking at things and the doors rattling. Yes. And, and then you see all the creepy, all the kids, man. The oh, kids. that was killer. That was so hard watching the kids. Cause, so That's how it starts. She attacks the kids. Because, yeah. yeah. So the whole premise is her, her kid died and she blames the village she blames certain she, people she no she blames so her kid so okay he he goes to up. this house and i'm back it up so he goes to this house to figure out what happens to the house there's a ton of paperwork and a ton of wills and there's some dispute on where this like is going a bank, yeah yeah so he has to figure out what what to do with the house and so he's reading through all this paperwork and he un uncovers this trail of paperwork that this um, crazy sister was forced to hand over her child to her sister or her brother-in-law or her brother and her sister-in-law. Right. Whatever. Relatives. Relatives. So she was forced to hand over her kid to them because they were able to take care of the kid. And she, well, she was crazy. Well, she was unwed and. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I guess she, Back well, then. I guess she was crazy too. <laughs> um, but anyway, they won't allow her contact with the boy. Right. And I think that's is what drives her crazy. Can you imagine having no, a kid and that. not being and being in the same vicinity as they a would, kid? Yeah. And can't she would be giving her like sending birthday, birthday cards, cards and they weren't giving them to her. Yeah. And her then name. the kid, they, they live on this. You have to go through this marsh, but the water, the tide comes in and buries the road um every day for certain periods of just time. like your first castle like you can't get to it right you can't get to it <laughs> certain times of the day and so they were they very care well they didn't carelessly but they got stuck in the marsh and the boy died and the whole thing the whole carriage they saved like, themselves they right? saved themselves but they didn't couldn't save, save the boy, the boy. Yeah. and they never reclaimed his body and that that is why when the sister she, well, I'm not going to tell you what happens to her, but once she dies, because her son was never reclaimed mm -hmm. and she felt they, they were very careless with his care and with his right. body and she wasn't able to take care of him and she really wanted to. That's why her vengeance, she takes it out on the kids. It's She's like, like you took my kid from me. I'm going to take your kids from you. And yep. so she takes it out on all of the village kids. Correct. Yeah. And that's the, the creepy opening of these three little girls Aww. just like playing all happily and then all of a sudden like as if they were entranced they're like they killed themselves i'm gonna yeah. tell you how um so yeah so and they follow this along and then you the, the the fun thing is the town's like don't you go there but he still goes there you know 
Um, they think there's this big curse and then you find out spoiler alert that if you ever see her, you're basically cursed. Yeah. And then it curses the town. Any, any child you come in contact exactly. with, she will take that child that child and she shows up. Yeah. It's spooky. Um, so yes, I really liked this movie when I first watched it. Mm-hmm. The second time around, it, it's great. The, what you're saying, a lot of it's really great. But for some reason, because there's no dialogue a lot of the time, because he's by himself, which makes sense, right? Yeah. You it, have to watch it. You have to watch it. <laughs> and you really wanted to crochet. And, and you I really wanted, wanted to do I'm other like things. And I'm doing things. I'm with the kids. And I'm like falling asleep. And it's tough. <laughs> it's tough, especially when you're a mom, right? Yeah. But it's, an, it's no, Angela's right, though. There are a lot of spooky elements that create this really I guess uh cliche but a good cliche of a of a good ghost story mm-hmm. which I thought was it's nice. a good Victorian ghost story yeah I really liked it did you like the ending I'm not going to spoil it for everybody did you like the ending yes really yes because he um wasn't doomed I'll put it that way <laughs> She's like, Ugh. he wasn't doomed. I guess. Yes. Sure. He was free. I guess. Yeah. He wanted what and he, they he got free. what he wanted. Yeah. He got what he wanted. They were free. Yeah. They. He wasn't under her curse anymore. Yeah. I thought it was sad. It's sad. But at the same time, it's like happy. Okay. Yeah. Because like but then he the- was in danger of losing his job and losing True. everything. And he was stuck. Yeah. I guess so. And his kid the poor town, him. though. Yeah, that town, though. Yeah. They're screwed. Yeah, they're you guys screwed. Move. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way they can avoid any of that. Like, nope. cause, like how you, you can't. He tried. He did all he thought he, he could. He did all of the things that he could to try to. It didn't work. But OK, so here's my thing without giving away the ending. Here's my thing. I'm like, was she gifting him that at the end? No. Because he wasn't under her curse anymore. I don't think so. I think. Well, I, I know, I but think, like, do you think she was trying to keep him under her curse at no, the end I, by by doing that? With okay, the- I can't do this without <laughs> spoiling it, guys. Don't listen if you want to watch this movie. I think he was saved by his wife. Ah, oh. that's my that's my guess. I so when I was watching it, I think she was releasing him because she re- reunited her boy I know but she, she still, reunited them she and still the boy. killed him she still put him in the curse she killed them but she didn't hold them hostage in the end because yeah. like if he if she was using her curse she would have held them hostage yeah but she, at the, yeah I guess do you think it was his act of going after his son that released him from the curse and he kind was allowed of. to Again, move on I think I think a big part of it was his wife was watching over him and oh. she was able to she was able to save him. Yes. Okay. Because. Well, that's still sweet and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but like, this is a very Victorian story. It is. No, you're like, right. Very Victorian I mean, story. The, the fact that childbirth is like the probably the number one death of women back then. That was a big theme of that, too. Uh, uh, the curses, the houses, blaming women for being crazy. She could have been crazy. I think she was in a way. But. I think she got knocked up and was a single mother and yeah. was forced to give away her kid. And that was the only thing that Big was part. going to keep her sane was right. that she finally had love. Yeah. Because come on, when you have a baby, there's that insane bond oh, that yeah. you have with the, yeah, it's she that super baby. intense love. True. And 
they ripped the only love away from her. So she that, was just filled so, with so much hatred. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I got from the letters that he uncovered. You right. Know, she kept saying, he's mine. Right. He's mine. And um, why aren't yeah. you giving him my cards? How can you be so careless with him? How can, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, she yeah. was pissed. Yeah. So I think they drove her crazy. But yeah, so I mean, this vengeful spirit, will she be doing it for centuries or will there ever be a, a stop to it? That's the crazy part. So yeah, spooky. I don't know. I liked the movie. Good. <laughs> how, many, will, how many stitches would you give I will it? give it like eight stitches. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How many? Six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, there's some little things here and there that I was just like, uh... But the dogs, the twins. <laughs> I loved you, that lady. She was awesome. With my, well, she didn't. She just said names, right? The twins, yeah, the em- twins. Emily and something. Yeah. There were two girls. And he's girls. like, no, I don't mind. And the dad's, the guy's like, okay. Oh god. And then <laughs> my the crazy dogs, wife. I know. But she was, uh, she, she was, was grieving. She, I mean, but she no, lost but she her son. She was actually channeling her son. She was channeling her son. Like again, crazy women. Yeah, that's the theme. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to believe him. Yeah. And he did finally at the end. Yeah. 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 Of so course. It's good. At the end. Um, if you want to watch this, it was on Amazon. Uh, if you got the Amazon Prime, it was on there. So you can watch it for free if you have that. Mm-hmm. I think there's some other ways to watch I it. I recommend but... it. I like it. I liked okay. it. Good. Yeah. I liked I. I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. I didn't say hated it, but there. I had some things with it. But that's yeah. all. So. Okay, so guys, this is a super long episode. Ooh, ooh. So thank you for sticking it all the way through with us. Thanks, everybody. We love you, Stitchers. Love and until you. next time, we'll see you, Stitchers. See you, Stitchers. Uh-huh.